Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 134, episode 3 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, oh, fuck, fuck Fox man, News, uh, fuck the Facebook company. Wow. Oh, it's God. Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. All I can say is every day is just the same. The social distancing is getting lame. And all I can do is just pour more Mountain Dew and spit a take or two from Jacko's brain. I just want someone to say to me, oh, 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 oh. Jack O.B., throw that mask away. Get me a COVID-19 vaccine. Make it today and we'll have it made. All right. Please say there's another verse. Yeah. (laughs) Please. Uh, That is courtesy of Sir William Say What and So What. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Daylight come and me one leave home. Day. Every day, every day, every day, me stay, stay, me stay, stay. But daylight come and me one leave home. Come, Mr. Tallyman, wear your damn bandana. Daylight, come and me one leave home. Come, Mr. Tallyman, wear your damn bandana. Daylight, come and me one leave home. Six foot. Well, forget it. Anyway, thank you so much. That was there was nine verses to that. We were gonna go fully into Bella Fonte land. Uh, shout out to Buster Robin's Nest at Frobinet. Uh, for that uh, wonderful, uh, like I said, Belafonte inspired AKA. Mm. And we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by our co host, the hilarious, the talented Lil Zam herself, Jamie Loftus! Quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. No one says it is mighty fine. My define is reserved for some Jane Fonda time. And the other <laughs> half is saved for Zambonis keeping things smooth. <laughs> That's mercifully the end of the AKA. <laughs> no. Is that a Roses? That's from Roses, yeah. Okay, that, fantastic. Uh, felt that one felt that, that one. That's from Freddie Bidet at uh, at Buns Ahoy. That's just wow. a fun username through and through. Thank you, Freddie f- Bidet. <laughs> Freddie Bidet, Buns Ahoy. Uh, that uh, I feel like people are maybe gonna want more AKA singing. Uh, should I just go back and do my more blind melon? Stuff? Yeah, oh, I think yeah. that there's yeah. there's actually there's room for more. Um, is, well, is that the one so, with the bumblebee girl costume? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember she was like a sensation like years after. Like, what happened to Bumblebee Girl? Yeah, her <laughs> and the uh, Nirvana baby. Uh, from the Nevermind album cover. Was that Francis Bean like. Love? No, it was just oh, a some kid. Other baby? Oh, fantastic. Just some random kid they threw into a pool. Um, oh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our fourth seat by the hilarious comedian Stephen Wilbur! Um, a- AKA, hey, man. Uh, you've got the COVID in you. Don't let... Go and this is Stephen Wilbur, 
One mm. dance left, the world is gonna pull through. Mm. Now do the rap part. Yeah. <laughs> Fashion shows. <laughs> dude, don't get that. You don't want that Marilyn Manson smoke, dude. Wasn't that the whole like thing? Because he said like Marilyn Manson, come around, I'll kick your ass in. And Marilyn Manson's like, I'll fuck you up if I see you. Whoa, really? Yeah. It was, That's I'm a good not, anecdote. All I'm into is 90s and like early 2000s trash beefs, but I remember that was like a a, a moment where like, oh, Marilyn Manson didn't like that one. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people remember Tupac Biggie, but that was the one that I feel like really defined a generation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, what it, What was that band? Who was that? Uh, new Radicals. The New Radicals. You get what of you course. Give. How could I forget that they were the ones? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steven, how are you doing? Where Where are you? I am in my girlfriend's closet because she's in a meeting. <laughs> love, <laughs> love this. What part you. of the country? Portland, Oregon, land of Lincoln. Got mm-hmm. it. I think that's a bit different, but I like that. So, if you're in the closet, does that mean there's like a sort of room hierarchy where podcast ver- like means? Closet work means I get the house, right? If yeah. to, yeah. where the the revenues coming from dictate <laughs> right. the, the real estate. Based on this rev right. share, my man, uh, you're gonna have to record in the closet tonight. <laughs> um. All right, Stephen, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about today. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, the revolution. The revolution. Uh, my favorite lotion. Uh, the revelation that Jane Roe was paid to be anti-choice uh, for much of her life. Uh, we're going to talk about Georgia and why they need to change some laws down there. Uh, Mike Pompeo just being an all-around cool boss. Uh, why we should ignore Donald Trump. It's been yeah. one year since the finale of Game of Thrones. So we're just going <laughs> to oh, wow. take a look oh, back. Wow, uh, we're that's gonna, such a nice memory. We all were I together. Know, right? That was so We're fun. all together hating that thing. <laughs> there were so many uh, snacks. That's oh, what so we cared snacks. about. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't there, by the way. But uh, Jack oh, was that's not right. there. Thanks, Jamie. You weren't Jack in Westeros? <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> Jack doesn't fuck Only in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Scoob. Uh, all of that and plenty more. But first, Stephen, what is something from your search history uh, that is revealing about who you are? I I recently searched uh, Sky Rizzy lyrics, um, mm-hmm. the uh, yeah the drug the drug, and I wanted yeah. I wanted to know what the lyrics of the Sky Rizzy theme song were, because uh, they're fun. Uh, the nothing Wait. is everything. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's when you said that I was like that was always a th- when I first saw that commercial I'm like that's such a interesting pharmaceutical name because it does sound like a SoundCloud rapper. Like Sky <laughs> Sky Rizzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so legitimately said, thought that's what you were saying. Yeah, when he said Sky, Sky Rizzy lyrics, and I'm like, I know, <laughs> yeah. I like this bit. I thought it too, man. The drug, come on, baby. What are the Sky Rizzy lyrics? But yeah, that song is kind of like, what What artists are they ripping off? It reminds me of like those San Diego tourist commercials. Um, so oh, okay. that's what I, I was wondering because I thought like, they might just be some royalty free song or something, but then I was hearing it on the TV and it's like, uh, nothing in me go hand in hand, nothing on my skin. That's my new plan. <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is specifically for, for Sky, Sky Rizzy. Rizzy. 
Or yeah. just very, uh, just it happened, uh, coincidentally happened to be a perfect fit. You just got to check a lot, a lot of, of boxes sing in the about search clear filter. skin. Yeah. But that, yeah, that nothing, everything. It sounds like kind of like a Matt and Kim ripoff or something, too. Oh, like maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Inspired by Matt and Kim. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to always want to try and find the genesis of all of our pharmaceutical ad commercials music. I, I wonder if Matt and Kim, like, that's what they're doing for Bank these days. You know, the like, there are certain musicians who go into Barry Manilow wrote a bunch of the 80s jingles. Uh, right. They might be like giants, a good write a bunch of the Disney TV show, like, annoying earworm theme songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark Mothersbaugh energy, I feel like. Yeah. Wasn't, he's, he's, like, the best example and probably, like, the coolest example of that what commercials did mother's bod do he did a bunch of commercial work i think that like before he got into like the rugrats zone and like before he started scoring every kid's show he did commercial work to show that he could like hack yeah. it in the in the non-diva world i can more yeah, i can crack that whip for yeah. commercials uh, too Pusha t wrote the i'm loving it yeah. <laughs> that, he did with justin timberlake yeah <laughs> wait for wait, real really yeah yeah <laughs> Wow, Jack and Damn. I are like, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. Yeah, right. Steven still got it. <laughs> You're messing with, the real, you messing with the music scholars now. <laughs> that's right. so wild. Yeah, that's like a song between the two of them. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's like, because Steve Stout, right? That's this guy. He always, he's like this guy who has always been like the connecting point between business and hip hop. And that's like one of Steve Stout's things. Like people don't know him. He's like, but I'm the person who put ba da ba ba ba. Like that's a that's from hip hop. Uh, he's always like God like bigging damn. himself up over that. I'm still mad about Mac tonight. I just had to say it's been a rough 24 <laughs> hours for me. Everyone was teasing me. There, Christy Yamaguchi man was like, it was it was funny. But I did more. <laughs> I did more research into Mac tonight, and it it's so bad. Yeah, it's fuck. They look. They they stole him. They stole the Mac tonight. Did you I, go on the record saying it was a banger? <laughs> no, I was just like Mac tonight. We got to bring him back. He rocks. And then Miles was like, <laughs> Mac tonight is a symbol of the alt right. And I just didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> uh, by the way, also uh, I was wrong. The Three Penny Opera uh, was not. By uh, I, who did I say uh, Shakespeare? It was a uh, it's Bertolt Brecht. Uh, oh, uh, Brechtian. Who hey, did I a say? That egg on your face. Who could I have? Well, is anything said? by Shakespeare? By Shakespeare? Let's be real. Side note. Uh, th- back to your AKA Stephen about New Young Radicals. The thing that happened with Marilyn Manson. This is a quote. He said, "I'm not really mad." He said he kicked my ass. I just don't want to be used in the same sentence with Courtney Love. I'll crack his skull open if I see him. Was his full line. And because wow. the lyric was saying like fashion shoots with Beck and Hanson, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson, blah blah blah. But the 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 guy who wrote the song was like, I was curious if the media would just focus on those celebrities I called up because. The part preceding that is health insurance, ripoff, lying, FDA, big bankers buying, fake computer crashes, dining, cloning while they're multiplying. Was like, I had this like other thing to say about bigger issues, but I thought, man, the media will probably just focus on me talking about Hanson and Courtney Love. And Ron's not going to be like, I'll kick his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Humana's like, hey, when I see you, motherfucker, it's ugly. (laughs) Uh, What is something you think is underrated, Steven? Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yeah. Triple D. I mean, we love it. 
Triple D, I, I, I still hear a lot of flack. My favorite thing recently is me and my girlfriend will be watching it and we'll play a game where Guy will be like, take a bite of a burger and he'll be like, shut the front door, slit my throat, kill me, send me out to sea, what a great burger. And it's like, oh, he liked that. <laughs> and then it, like a different segment, he'll take a bite of a burger and he'll be like, ah, oh, you can really taste all the flavors and the texture on that first bite is really something else. And look at the dripping. And it's like, oh, he hated that. He hated that burger. <laughs> ah, right. He's like, all right, draw and quarter me, rip my body parts apart, <laughs> feed me to the birds so I may return to Earth because, my God, what a, what a BLT. Yeah. But if it's but, just like a description, you know that. Oh, this sure terrible. had flavor. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. I demand you mutilate me is the, I mean, is <laughs> the only true. Punish me, like, daddy. Here, take this knife. Stab me. Stab me. Stab me. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm dirty. Make me clean. <laughs> the whole... We've had a whole coming around for at least I have to Guy Fieri, uh, just because yeah. he's he's a saint. And again, uh, shout out to I forget the user, all the Zeitgang member who made the Guy Fieri masks because we said Guy, Fox, Guy Fieri yeah. is the new Guy Fox. Uh, and those <laughs> yeah. are the masks we should be wearing when we're like actually trying to get like real substantive societal changes to to honor the energy of Guy Fieri. Yeah, Ooh. V for Flavor Town. <laughs> <laughs> in response to that somebody sent us a close-up of his hands those are uh amazing to behold oh uh, yeah the recommend. new arthur fist yeah very uh he has like a a giant baby's hand it's he has very paws, like, plump. Though, too yeah very plump beautiful what is something you think is overrated steven what uh, too hot to handle <laughs> Ooh, fair fair one of the weaker recent Wait, reality it feels, show It efforts. feels like an afterthought, and it's just, mm -hmm. it's that, it's a little too exploitive for my taste, in a I way. I agree. Like, uh, it reminds me of, it, and it's, this isn't even as extreme as this one show was, but way back in the day where it was, it was like 20 gay men on an island, and one, it was one guy trying to find love, but some of those guys were secretly straight. And if they can, can if they can convince the gay guy to fall in love with them, they win like extra money. And stuff. just like a manipulative. Oh my god, yes. that's horrible. God. That's Wait, so sound who, like it should be legal. Who is too hot to handle exploitative of like hot uh, just people? dummies? <laughs> yeah, just the dumb. My yeah. I more take umbrage with the fact that it's boring. My main issue is boring, with yeah. too hot yeah. to handle is that it's boring. And it's so, like, if you have any, like, understanding of reality shows, which everyone does, it's so fake that it's yeah, right. just, like, not really fun to watch. It, yeah, I, I thought I would get through more of it because on the premise when we were talking about it is, like, great, now Netflix is bringing us the horniest dating show. And it wasn't right. as, like, it, it didn't actually quite like pay off on what I felt the the concept was initially. So you know, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Wasn't horny enough for me to be honest. So I uh, needed more horny. Needed more frothing. I watched a horrible. I really like took my brain out of my head and put it in a jar over the weekend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I watched a horrible show called Selling Sunset. Has oh, I love that show. That show about rocked. the real estate that people who are so toxic. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. like the hills for people in their 30s. And it's just, yeah. it's it's oh, horrendous. God. With the worst priorities as human, like 
absolutely oh. inverted priorities. It's oh. unbelievable. I was a latecomer to it. I just watched all of it this weekend. Now I'm psyched for season two. They're like, ugh, it has every evil white lady in the book in the <laughs> yeah. show. It's it's great. Is it on Netflix? Oh it's yeah, on, it's on Netflix. Yeah, there and is- it looks right. like somehow it because it's an original, isn't it? It's an original. It's some of the blonde women are. It's literally I cannot tell them apart. They'll be talking to each other. There was like a whole scene where I thought there were three people in the room. There were only two. There, but it's <laughs> like identical people. Yeah, I, I remember when it came out. I was like, oh, cool. At Netflix, if it's it was like the beginning of the end of that Netflix original, meaning something on like a, like an image. And I was yeah. like, oh, cool. And then I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, okay, so somebody in their like development de- department panic bought this show. Uh, yeah. because they need to fill out a reality slate <laughs> it was great <laughs> you know just great. some la snark for you you know just some absolute but just it's panic it's bot true. you know <laughs> the show is trash but it's so fun to watch i love that there's a soap opera star on it the show has everything yeah it really does the very worst buyer's remorse miles i think you'll agree is when you buy a reality show for your <laughs> network <laughs> and yeah oh. it's just <laughs> and honestly oh, and i and man. i know you're a man of conviction and morals. We wouldn't wish that on anybody, not even Donald <laughs> Trump, to know that to know that feeling. <laughs> right? Fighting off a big reality project that you can't even do. And finally, Stephen, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Uh, I was thinking my my favorite one, and not a lot of people think it's true, hopefully, but the one from a few years ago about uh, Finland not being real. Whoa! What? what? Uh, there I was a there was a guy who like he heard from his parents like when he was a kid like they said you know Finland wasn't real and uh, he went on Reddit about it and it just had some very like loose evidence and he did it as a joke he thought hey look at this funny shit my parents told me and uh, but then some people were like hey that adds up and then some like Finnish people were like I exist. <laughs> very, very that's funny. a great place for a conspiracy theory to end is just people screaming that they exist i exist we exist like not just that the country isn't there but like the land mass is not there either <laughs> oh wow australia is a big target for this sort of conspiracy theory with the flat right. earthers i believe um but why finland so. like of all you places. feel like Things like that are born out of like some kind of weird white supremacist ideology too. So why erase like a Scandinavian like Nordic country? Like what's the point? Too Who- good to be true, man. Too good to yeah. be true. Oh, <laughs> dude, don't even, oh, dude, don't even get my mind around a place like Finland. Oh my god. Ugh. Uh, we should. Yeah, we. I feel like that's like only a matter of time that just like any country that has like decent infrastructure and values its citizens lives. They're like that place actually doesn't exist. So I don't know right. what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Must be fake. All right. Let's take a quick break, guys. And we'll be right back. And we're back, and uh, let's start off with the Jane Roe story. So mm-hmm. Jane Roe from uh, the Roe v. Wade, she was the pseudonymous, pseudonymous uh, Jane Roe. Um, her real name is Norma McCorvey. 
and she in the eighties came out as a anti-choice advocate and was aligned with a lot of like anti-abortion, um, you know, groups. And she was like was the very... poster child to be like, whoa, she came, look, she came around to the light. Like it was such a like optics victory. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't know this. Uh, I like, I, or maybe I knew it, but it just didn't stand out that much for me. But I think this is like, I, it seems like this was very important for anti-choice people to like prove to themselves that they are yeah. right. Well, anytime you can like take down, if you can take away like a figurehead of a movement, that's going to be a huge win. But it's just like another example of like, why you don't get attached to people, you get attached to ideas because shit like right. this will always happen. But this story was like very interesting. I'm glad it's getting reported on. Yeah, so uh, she passed away a couple years ago, I think 2016, late 2016, early 2017. Uh, but before she did, she was making a documentary and in it, she talks about the fact that she was basically paid to say all of those things uh and you know she is pro choice and didn't believe any of the shit that people were uh paying her to say and is actually like a seems like a very interesting character and has a bunch of really funny things to say well, she ticked uh, so many boxes with them getting her to flip like her her her, her public persona or whatever you know like yeah. she right. went from being this this sort of symbol of like people and if you have a uterus you you are up you are able to decide what you do with your body uh to right. then this person who became like anti-abortion ex-gay born again christian like it was like check right. check this fully came to the light and like mm -hmm. that's really and then i guess yeah to, to see this like admission on her deathbed is really really interesting to say that like yeah dude I was just getting a check to do that. Like, that's really all it was. And I feel bad about it. Like, but do we got a number on? Uh, yeah. How, how much, much does how it much cost? How much? What is the dollar amount that it takes to just sell out a movement? Uh, right. Curious. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah, this is I'm, I'm interested to see the documentary and sort of like get to know what I mean, like how she spent her life because my knowledge of her kind of ends at her doing the heel turn on abortion. Uh, <laughs> she but, does come in from the rafters and there's smoke coming in from everywhere. And, oh, yeah. Uh, no. And she's like, like, wolf who's this? shirt on. There's Norma McCorvey's here. <laughs> what is she Planned doing? There's a big Planned Parenthood sign. She smashes it with a chair. It's awful. Right. right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I am curious as to, like, what her life was like after this. But, yeah, for me, this is just, like, a cut and dry, like... Yeah, no, don't become attached to the figurehead. They'll always let you down, kind of. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, and also, just like how cynical that this whole thing is. You know what I mean? Like, they were yeah, like, the horrible. only way we're going to get a human being to like say this stuff out loud is we have to pay them. Like, yeah. we have to, we had to actually create this person with, with money to be able right. to have like a messaging thing like this. Uh, and I'm curious. Now it makes me want to watch that movie Roe v. Wade because I believe that was like a lot to do with how she kind of came around. Uh, I think Roe v. Wade. You you mean the fictional films with John Voight making an yeah, appearance? Yeah, 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 no. yeah. No, yeah. oh, that, I that didn't was, know because, he was in it. 
That whole thing that, is about like her coming to Jesus, isn't it? Wait, is it her? I thought it was a different uh, abortion anti-choice activist. Oh, okay, maybe a more modern one. But it's it tells a similar tale, and this kind of puts all of those people who have a miraculous change of heart under scrutiny. I would say, at the very least, makes you somewhat skeptical. And I mean, yeah, it's it is interesting that on her deathbed, the things she talks about are, you know, regretting that she did this and also regretting the same sex relationship that she had with like her lifelong partner that she then like turned against because of the anti LGBTQ ideals that she was kind of aligning herself with. She just has profound regrets about all those things. So, well, she should like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. like I'm not, that's, you know, that's, that's good that she at least had the, you know, decency to, I mean, yeah, she had the decency to ad- admit the wrongdoing and admit that it's like, yeah, I was asked to assign a dollar amount to my values and my experience. And I made, I made the, whatever that dollar amount was, I made that choice I mean, it, it's Dead. an unfair situation to be put in in the first place, but, you know, yeah. you should feel bad. Well, speaking of doing the bare minimum, it, it seems like Georgia should do the bare minimum and repeal their uh, citizens' arrest laws. Yeah. Arbery is back in the news because there's new body cam footage of showing him uh, in another interaction with police. And it looks like a man who was doing nothing being harassed by the police. And if it were not for the policeman's taser, not like malfunctioning, probably would have been tased in this video because he was in his car by a park. Uh, and it just just adds more uh, layers of frustration when thinking about what his life was like um, and how it ended. But again, like the guys who killed him were using... They're saying they were claiming that under this citizen's arrest statute, you know, which is legal in the state of Georgia, like that's why they were approaching him. And that's why when he uh, when things got violent, they were justified in murdering him, essentially. And that's why that, that's why the case first was like, oh, OK, great. Oh, citizens are OK. That makes sense. We have that law. Perfect. Here's a video. OK, thanks. So that's why many people now are calling for Georgia to completely repeal that statute because it just allows for I mean, laws like this just allow for the continued presumption of guilt of black people. That's mm-hmm. all this shit does. And when right. you go back to like these citizens arrest laws, they have very dark roots in slavery, which is basically about empowering people to capture runaway slaves uh, and be like, hey, man, I know there's not cops here, but you got a gun and you see a black person maybe going to like fleeing to the north or something, turn them in. Um, and there's just this very there's just this very dark history about white people being able to arm themselves and act extrajudicially um, in this manner because of laws like this. And so, you know, there's a lot of studies about saying, you know, any state that has laws that uh, protects individuals uh, for aggressively protecting their property or being like vigilantes, um, they're often like it's there's often an increase in racially based violence in those states, which makes sense because we have a history of just the presumption of guilt for black men and women and children in this country. Uh, and so, uh, well, the other thing that's interesting to see is that those laws also just uh, like increase homicide rates and emergency re- visits across racial groups, like entirely, like just the, 
the thought of being like, hey, you who is not trained in any capacity to enforce law, you now that we're entrusting you with that, it only leads to bad shit. So this is like a you know continued thing where the NAACP and many activist groups are calling for this law to be re- or a statute to be repealed. But I think it needs to begin entering a larger conversation. Same thing with like a lot of these stand your ground laws. These are a lot of things that allow cover for just the continuation of this kind of violence uh, against people of color. It's one of those things that I, it, it's shocking that it exists in the first place. Like it's truly unbelievable. It's such a ass backwards thing that for a very long time, I did not think it was real anywhere. I thought it was like a, a sitcom trophy thing. That's yeah. A, yeah. Um, because the rationale that you would even right. try to, to make it, no, no, this isn't racist, couldn't exist anymore. Like, you couldn't come up with a good reason why citizen's arrest would be a valuable thing, because cops can be there very quickly. Yeah, and in a way, it's just a way of legalizing 21st century lynch mobs. You know, it's the same yeah. thing with a lot of lynchings of black people. There was plenty of in, just innocent landowners, farmers, whatever, being intimidated uh, as white people were like begrudgingly being like, now I have to live with, no, like this is this, it's just, it. it's playing out, It this is just a theme in our history. And it just, you know, the song is the same, just the instruments are different, but we're still playing the same fucking song over and over, which is this thing of black bodies are a menace. And for some reason, I'm, very easily moved to take this person's life. It's just a, and again, just a dark, um, it's like the, the national anthem basically. Yeah. And justify it under the law that, that, and, and it's like inevitably these conversations on the side of the bad faith racist person is always that if you take away this right to like lynch somebody uh, in their own neighborhood, that you're also, uh, what am I trying to say? Like uh, that you're like limiting their freedom that you're limiting a murderer like their freedom yeah. to murder someone that they want to or protect just themselves because they, right like it's always spun in this horrible bad faith way and then nothing ever gets accomplished no. yeah it's a waking nightmare like this is the stuff of dystopian science fiction movies that like you would have people who believe they have the right to murder someone based on the law like within the law and it's just a you know a confluence of the circumstances of just America's deep abiding racism and the gun lobby being like as powerful yeah. as it is. The legal system, though, in this country is just a racist sandbox filled with racist tools for the outcomes to only be racist. So even like the people who are operating in it, who you know to a certain extent, I can't fault every single person in this country for how they behave because this is just. This is the culture of this country, but it, it comes in so in so many subtle ways. You know what I mean? Like yeah. through our media and all these other things that, again, it's like, but it's like, OK, well, now here's your sound, but here are your tools. Here are your tools of uh, uh, you know, citizens arrest statutes and being able to buy a gun at any time and depictions of black people who always look like criminals. And even like you look at just general studies on how black, um, African-American men are perceived by other Americans, like compared to a white man of the similar yep. size, like that person's threatening and bigger and scarier. So again, this is this fucked up racist sandbox. It's like, okay, do your thing. And that's why this is 
until they take those fucking things, those toys out of the sandbox and replace them with actual just tools, the outcomes will not change. And I think that's what we're trying to, that's what this attention needs to be on because very quickly, everyone's just on this whole thing of like, what, what did Trump say? Right. But like, oh, come on, come the fuck on, man. There's real problems. When I was four years old, one time I uh, pooped in a sandbox and, Ooh. and the whole time that you were talking just then, I was trying to think of how can I fold that into a metaphor that would work. Yeah. Um, and it didn't work out. Didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Became an awkward addendum. Yep. Yep. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Jack? <laughs> Uh, Back to you. Academy Four <laughs> Citizens on Patrol. Uh, also, something that popped into my mind. Just uh, oh yeah, Citizens on Patrol. Yeah. Is that the one Jason Lee is in? It's the oh, one Bobcat. Uh, I think so. He's a skateboarder. Uh, Bobcat like, very quickly. In sweet the beginning. check. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is. David Spade's in it too. David right? Spade. Yeah, yeah. he's a, yeah. David Spade Hot and him are punk Spade. kids. Hot week for, for Spade. Spade. Wait, what were you yeah. saying, Jamie? I've witnessed one citizen's arrest in my lifetime, and it was when I worked at a bookstore and my assistant manager, (laughs) he lost it, man. Someone was trying to steal a vinyl record, and he went, stop it. And then he lost it. He took it. He took. We had like zip ties that we would use to like zip tie books together, and he took a zip tie out. He waved it. He's like, "I'll arrest you!" And then the teenager was like, and then ran away. And he's like, "And that's how it's done." And that's how it's done. I'm like, David, that is not how it's done. And you know it. Very odd. Stop it! Stop it! I'm not playing around. I gotta, yeah. I have a it's small like, piece of plastic. You're into, you're into bonded? Wait, what do you mean? Are you arresting me? <laughs> I know. It ended up being essential? a very kinky, like, I don't know what it was, but either way, the vinyl was it. Was, do we know what the record in question was? Space Jam oh, soundtrack. I wish I'd have to check with my old coworkers. It was something goofy. Like, it wasn't the Smiths, but it was the Smiths adjacent. Got mm. it. Yeah. Just some cure. kid trying to be cool. Bring it, yeah. bring something yeah. cool back. Just to trying to shoplift something for his GF. Yeah, yeah, mm. I get it. Deep Blue Something's debut album. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Mike Pompeo. He is pulling some very Summer of Scott adjacent behavior. Um, yeah, Summer of Scott. If you, this is uh, like the last season of Game of Thrones. Uh, one of those things that was just erased from our mind as soon as it was over, but. We used to have a EPA chief named Scott Pruitt uh, <laughs> who would abuse his power in really silly ways, like make his assistants go do his dry cleaning and like uh, you wanted a mattress him, from the Trump yeah, hotel. Yeah, just like really like just diva diva the shit out of his he out had, of the uh, office of his EPA security chief. He had a security detail put the sirens on because he was late to a dinner reservation. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That all added up and basically led to his. Yeah, ouster. Scotty. The things we um, would all think about doing, like, were right, we to exactly. be in that position, we'd be like, "Oh, maybe I could get it." But then we would never. We right. realize that's the wrong. Or you thing do it to once, do. or you, you do it once on your like, birthday, <laughs> and then you have As like anxiety yeah. the whole weekend about it. You're like, "Oh man, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have right. done that." Uh, but yeah, so now 
We're looking at Pompeo, and he, he's doing. I think he's giving me Scott Pruitt and Ollie North vibes simultaneously, which is a very yeah. unique vibrosity. Hubba hubba. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this, I, I guess, it just means being a cabinet official for Trump is just like how the f- you just use any staffer as like a PA to make any kind of run for you that you want. Because so the IG of the the State Department was looking into some. The reports essentially that one of uh, Pompeo's staffers was doing performing quote domestic errands and chores such as handling dry cleaning, walking the dog, and making restaurant reservations. So, like, I don't know, some kind of app, but as a human. Um, and this was like, so this started to get hot, and then Pompeo went to Daddy and said, "Please fire the IG because it's making it hot." Then hours <sighs> later, after that story came out about the errands. Uh, Elliot Engel, who's on like the, the, I think Armed Services or Intelligence, no, Armed Services Committee, he was basically saying like, I'm also heard that the IG was looking into a Saudi arms sale that Pompeo authorized that was not supposed to happen. So that that could also be the reason, not just the dry cleaning thing. So he's got a lot on uh, his plate. But again, you know, uh, there's so many other things going on. Trump just says four things and we're talking about something else. Well, speaking of uh, talking about something else, real briefly, let's talk about why we should be ignoring all of the uh, smoke bombs that Trump is throwing at the uh, news cycle. Yeah. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This guy Mm -hmm. is a bozo. Stinky. (laughs) This guy stinks, huh? (laughs) Um, Yeah, he has been out here just on a tear. Uh, the last few days. I mean, again, we have stories about all these inspectors generals that inspectors general that he's fired, botched pandemic response, nothing but numbers about like how Biden is doing better. Not that those matter, but in his mind that they really do. Um, so this week he is in to some serious shit. He came out here. Smoke bomb number the first was this revelation that he is now taking hydroxychloroquine himself. I just want to play this clip for everybody because the way he sounds it, he starts getting defensive um, (laughs) and it almost sounds like he's lying that he's actually taking it. But uh, please listen here. A lot of good things have come out about the hydroxy. A lot of good things have come out. And you'd be surprised at how many people are taking it, especially the frontline workers before you catch it. The frontline workers, many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. Pretty much, it was like, yeah, dude. I got a girlfriend, she's in college, and everyone at the lunch table was like, you have a girlfriend that's in college? And he's like, yeah, yeah, dude, like, started yeah. dating a couple weeks ago. Like, the, his face college. is so bashful. It's really like, yeah, but a couple weeks, his nose is like runny. He kind of looks disheveled. It looks a little more disheveled than normal. But this, again, immediately sucked up all the air. It feels the like the, the frontline workers thing he was expecting to hit bigger with people right right and it was like well, uh, me too i'm doing it yeah He's, i think again it's a terrible <laughs> I, I think the whole thing is really interesting because it like it 
it, it accomplishes so many things. It sends the news cycle into a tailspin because now they're not talking about this, what this inspector general being fired on any kind of Pompeo wrongdoing, the shit that William Barr is doing with the Michael Flynn case that there's like 12 state attorneys general that have signed on to an amicus brief supporting the DOJ's decision to drop the case. Like they're now like getting their cronies in the states to like back this shitty decision up. So we have this going on and everyone's like, whoa, he's taking it. The thing that everyone says don't do. And also like people are curious if there's somehow some tangential financial stake that he has in it. And along with other people who have been so like proudly trumpeting this thing, because like the frontline thing sounds like a bad ad where he's like, you know, they're all taking it on the front lines to protect themselves. And if that's how they're staying safe, you know, <laughs> on the March of war. <laughs> yeah. Like it's right. sort of that very same thing, but uh, it's, it's the, I think the most fascinating part after all of this is what happened to Fox news in light of this because you know their whole their whole thing is like news during the day and then full pedal to the metal racism at night and just like right you know tri typical like dog whistle racism during the day in the news section but when it gets to the opinion people that's why they get the editorials that's yeah, when, the, yeah the fucker carlson's and the hannity's and ingram's and, yeah. and all those uh wonderful people uh that's where like the split happened neil cavuto he went on tv and absolutely like shut the whole thing down like he basically was telling people do not for any reason do what the president just said um let me and i just want to play this clip for you because this is like very interesting for for fox right because normally they'll want to just be like oh okay that's interesting the president said that this is him like straight up warning his listeners that like, yo, fuck what you just heard. The VA study to which the president alluded wasn't a loaded political one. It was a test on patients there and those who took it in a vulnerable population, including those with respiratory or other conditions, they died. I want to stress again, they died. If you are in a risky population here and you are taking this as a preventative uh, treatment to ward off the virus, or in a worst case scenario, you are dealing with the virus and you are in this vulnerable population, it will kill you. I cannot stress enough. This will kill you. So wow. that's a pretty stark split. And the president naturally on Twitter was like, I don't know what happened to Fox. They've completely lost yeah. it. They're all fucking haters. Right. Yeah. The latest smoke bomb he threw up is that he doesn't want to put the Obama uh, portrait up in the White House. Everyone's like, oh, no. Well, and now Obama didn't want to either. Serious. Oh, really? Yeah, he said he didn't, he didn't want it under this presidency. He was like, he was unwilling right. to do it. Uh, but the other, and then the other one was the World Health Organization fight that he's picking by saying he like drafted this like junior high level letter, like fuck you note, like type letter to the world health organization be like you lied about this you fucked us over on that it's it's full of horseshit like none of it is true or and if anything that is true it's like so just like barely near the truth that it could pass um but all of this to say that he these are all things to just distract the news cycle and then for the in the instance of the world health organization he needs just someone to fight against going into the election because he can't just have this situation with the coronavirus be like How'd you fuck this up, man? It has to be like, right. no, can you believe China or the World Health Organization or fucking bats or I don't know what anything. the fuck they're going to say? Yeah, yeah like Literally the bats anything. of Austin, Texas are the reason for this. Have you guys like, seen the Epoch Times ad on YouTube where they're like, imagine. 
It's got a woman who's like a straw man who's like, I've heard the mainstream media say that Trump is responsible for the poor response to COVID-19. And then this guy like pulls out this giant like thing. And it's like, here's evidence that China covered it up. And here's it's uh, this. And it's well, from the strange Epoch Times. Well, right. Well, the Epoch Times is uh, Falun Gong, which is a religious group in China. And, you know, they love Trump. They love a lot of conservative politicians because they're very strongly anti-Chinese Communist Party. So... A, a good source is what I'm saying. Uh, people should check it out. The Epoch <laughs> and then, Times. And, and then in, in the other corner, I just encountered this this piping hot news on my feed. Joe Biden finally makes up nickname for Trump. <laughs> President oh, Tweety. Oh, oh my fuck. God. So get Trump's, ready for some spicy debates. Trump's one. Trump's one. President Tweedy, President and that's when Tweety? I knew we were in for another four years. <laughs> President oh. Tweedy, President just, Tweedy. Honestly, but you know what though? What that's just not even going to move the needle because everyone's still so focused on hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting strategy of just hiding while while running for president. It'll it'll be interesting to see how that works out. President Tweedy is not good. I'd love to see Biden in a full Sylvester costume, though. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm coming for you, President Tweety. And, and he's chasing like... the grandma around, and she's... Oh. <laughs> it's so it's metaphor. just because he tweets? That's that's the whole thing? You, you yeah. got well, it. Yeah. I mean, there's some, he's got a big head. Uh, oh, God, I got it. He's always uh, tinking he taw putty tats. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He does say that a lot. He's the more memorable yeah. character of the two. <laughs> but but any, any other physical attribute he'd hit him on, he has the same thing. They both got fake teeth. They both got fake hair. They both got fake tans. Like, there's not. Right. If you want to get schoolyard with it, Tom would be like, so do you, bro. And At least like, neither right. of them have. No one in the world has worse veneers than Scoob. So, oh, yeah. Let's get into it. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about Scoob. And we're back. Uh, and Scoob is the was the number one new movie in America over the it weekend. Was? It was. What else would be? What? But there's right. no, but there were no movies any. By default, it's like the number one film, isn't it? Basically, uh, there was, was a like Capone movie by Josh Trank. Oh, oh yeah, that's gotta be trash. That's that gotta you, be uh, trash. Oh, with Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah, as with Tom Capone. Hardy. Yeah, I, I'll watch that. He's my birthday twin. <sighs> you put a lot of stock it. in birthday twins. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a weird, that's a weird pack to make. Well, I'll watch that. <laughs> hey, Tommy Lee Jones, birthday twin, baby. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, that's so a you good have to Tom Hardy, like. birthday. Tommy Lee Prince Jones. Harry, my, look, look, Jack, we can go down this road. I got a birthday commitment to Andy I'm just jealous. and uh, and Christian Slater. Good pack. Oh, wow. solid. I pack. went to school with his brother. Oh, really? Who was in the Great Panda Adventure? Whoa! <laughs> what a treat. So Scoob is, you know, riding the same wave as Trolls World Tour. It's a bunch of, you know, parents stuck at home with their kids looking for anything that will eat an hour of time. 
and Scoob fits the bill. Scoob uh, is exactly a, 90 minutes long, which is the first was, tip off that it's not very good. <laughs> I was on a class with uh, my son and one of the other kids was like, I've seen Scoob twice already. Like I was like, <laughs> they just came in and <laughs> volunteered Where does he find the time? four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Jamie, you actually watched Scoob. I was uh, there, yeah. Isaac and I got it Friday night. Made some nachos, made some margaritas, sat down, watched Scoob. So this is a Scooby-Doo movie in which he has human teeth? Uh, yeah, I, ca- I would like to go back into the Scooby-Doo catalog and see if this movie is what originates Scooby-Doo having human teeth. But yeah, so this is like... I didn't pers I mean, I think for kids, it's a kids movie, like whatever is good for kids. I found the story to be very confusing. There was too much going on. Mark Wahlberg is like, it starts out as like, oh, Shaggy and Scooby are friends. You find out how you're friends. I didn't really want to know, but it's nice to know. That's cute. That's nice. Then all of a sudden, there's a huge pivot in the middle where they're like, Scooby-Doo's DNA needs to be used to become a superhero. And Mark Wahlberg is a disgraced. It's it's just like a movie that feels like it was kind of written by an algorithm. There's a a superhero. <laughs> let me just read this plot synopsis from JM okay, and I want yeah. you to let let me know if this is true. Yes. Scooby Doo it turns out is the descendant of Alexander the Great's dog. Yes. And Alexander built a literal gateway to hell. So Scooby Doo is somehow genetically predisposed to open the gates of hell. They don't Okay, so I will say I wasn't paying close enough attention to know if it is a literal gateway to hell. I'll take Jam at his word for that. But there does, there is a huge pivot where it all of a sudden becomes like a chosen one narrative for Scooby-Doo, where it like all of a sudden it's like your DNA, you're the only one that can close the portal. And then the mission shifts. And then it's like Mark Wahlberg is playing like a like Birdman not actual Birdman, but it looks like Birdman, and he's a oh, superhero. Uh, Falcon, and he, right? Falcon, and he's got like some. It just like it feels like studio executives are like, okay, kids like what superheroes? Mark Let's Wahlberg, just put one hell, in Scooby Doo. Alexander too, right? the Great, Shows, Alexander yeah. the Great, Hell, kids like Simon Cowell. <laughs> it's kind of chaotic. I also had a big problem with how they animated Simon Cowell. It is so uncanny valley. Wait, what do you mean the way they animated? Like it was too good? No, n- not, no. The, but oh. but if you look in the doc of how they animate Simon Cowell versus how right. they animate the the. Scooby-Doo teens. They animate the Scooby-Doo teens like cartoon characters, but they animate Simon Cowell to just look like himself. Oh, And weird. it's very Sounds like jarring. Simon Cowell might have had some notes on how they animated him. Right, like they <laughs> don't, he doesn't like, have nah. the cartoony eyes that the rest of the characters do. They, he's just like, just make it look like a photorealistic and it's very, it's it's real, like we were like, Whoa! like it's very bizarre. Yeah, it looks like also, Polar Express. Sounds like, yeah, they mo-capped him, but then just traditionally animated everybody else. It's just, I mean, I will say, I didn't not, and I don't regret watching it. It was fun. Like, it, a yeah, lot why, why a not? lot happened. Sure. The portal, to, they closed the portal to hell at the end. Oh, thank but it, God. It's sort of like with Scoob, but it's also with the power of friendship. It's kind of unclear. 
what I don't know, like may, maybe a more, you know, astute viewer will know exactly what happened. But it was just a, it was weird. And then in the middle, they have a bit where it's like a visual gag where they're in like some sort of spaceshipy thing with Falcon. And then you they're you know, like their their cheeks are dragged back and flapping. And it reveals that Scooby Doo has a full set of human teeth. Do they comment on that or are you is that no. your call? <laughs> no, I pause it and I rewound it and I watched it again and I paused it again and I took a picture and it's a full set of human teeth. Because he's never had like fangs. No, but he's I feel right. like in the live action ones with Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Geller and like Linda Carlini, he had like dog teeth. They weren't right. people teeth. I could be wrong. But any I, animal I with human teeth is it? It's very. Have you ever seen those fish that look like they have like just a oh, set of human yeah. teeth? Those are so disturbing. It's just why is that happening? Scoob is just a wild movie. I would I would recommend watching it if you don't have to pay for it. Also, I would recommend uh, looking up the behind the scenes drama because this was the first Scooby project in like twenty years where Lillard isn't shaggy. It's it's Will Forte. And that was oh. a big... And Lillard took to Twitter to express his, like... Whoa. He was not having... He was President it. Tweety, huh? He was President <laughs> Tweety. Will Forte, <laughs> silence. Nothing. Wow. Drama. He's like, you're right. Just shaggy one. would never say that. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, you That's saw it. Shaggy. Uh, compare the Shaggies. Who, who does a better Shaggy? I honestly, yeah. I am a huge Will Forte fan, but it's like this is Lillard. I mean, it. W- yeah, wow. Ma- Matthew Lillard. But this is Lillard's role, huh? This is Lillard's Hands role. Off. It's it's just an impossible bar. I wonder if like Lillard has become so shaggied out that they just couldn't afford him for this, or maybe it seemed like they wanted to reboot the cast. Like there's Zac Efron as Fred, Gina Rodriguez as Velma. It's like you're just like, okay, we're just getting a whole new cast. They mm. recast Shaggy, but Lillard has was like Shaggy from 2002 to 2019. He was a so real So it sounds like Lillard's player. main complaint about Shaggy was that it wasn't me. All right, guys, uh, we're going to move forward here. <laughs> Let's talk Game of Thrones for some reason. Uh, it's Yesterday was the one-year anniversary of the you finale of Game of Thrones. <laughs> It is my reason. Uh, I, I am the reason we're talking about it. I, I don't know. That just seems like a very, very long time ago, a different version of reality when we cared about Game of Thrones. Uh, also, it was just interesting to be reminded of how bad the ending was because I think there's part of me that was trying to like it just because I didn't want it to be as far below the quality uh, as of the rest of the show as it was. But yeah, I was looking at some screen caps of Peter Dinklage being like, and who's got a better story than Bran the Broken? And just like that. Mm-hmm. It's such a bad moment. It's such a bad uh, idea. It was a fun moment to watch in a room, though, where everyone was like, no! Yeah. <laughs> Hissing at the TV, basically. Yeah, it was great. Like I think yeah. everyone's like, "Oh fuck you!" Basically, it was like sort of the sentiment in the office when we were all together. Wow, remember that watching? I know TV it's such groups. a nice memory to be angry in the same room. 
Yeah. You guys were all just giving each other shoulder rubs in a circle, right? Uh, yeah, we were passing a didgeridoo around. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that, like, at the time even... Well, first of all, I didn't realize there were, like, individual uh, critic reviews of each episode that, like, showed up on Rotten Tomatoes. But if you look at... That season, there were only six episodes, and it goes 92%, 87%, 73%, and then 58, 49, 48. Like, it really uh, falls yeah. off a cliff for those last three. Um, yeah. I mean, two to three, I think, is probably where I guess you'd say it's, it really began, because that's, that's a 14% drop. You know, at least we went 5% between one and two. <laughs> yeah. Three was the long night. That was the long battle scene oh yeah everyone was like oh man that's gonna be so tight like i heard they shot this battle scene for three years you can actually <laughs> see them aging uh. yeah i think my biggest gripe with that is like everyone should have died everyone should have died everyone should have died in that episode i was emotionally prepared for everyone to be dead Maybe but they then did. for almost everyone to live and then the people who did die died in such a stupid way yeah. And then uh. I mean that's the thing like it's funny for a show that ended so like like such a lame little wet fart in the end like it's gonna it's affected so many things after this though which is funny because like as much as we we're like angry about it it's it's it changed TV and like you know I'm I'm curious to see what the next show is of this like kind of scale uh because it's definitely like shown that we all as like viewers have an appetite for something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think we're gonna have one for a little while i think westworld's as close as we've gotten but you don't you don't hear about westworld the way you heard about how is that old fuckbot tv show it's yeah. weird man it it is went it? place it went places that i was like oh they're ending the series here and then rushed the whole thing and i was like still like kind of it I think I read somewhere that this is the last season. I see why they're doing all this now. And then like right. a day before the finale aired, they're like season four confirmed. I'm, I'm blown away that like, I have no idea where they're going to go with it. And the, the dialogue is trash. And, but God Sounds damn great. it. I'll watch it. <laughs> Man, I'm going further down the Scooby hole. I gotta be honest. And I've been there. <laughs> not listening <laughs> to the Scoobiverse. Any of you are saying. There's so much Scooby stuff going on. There's the good news about Scooby about Scoob is that Scoob is voiced by the original Scoob, Frank Welker. He took a Hell break. Oh shit, that so guy's the, the OG you. Scoob. He's 74 years old. He's been scoobing for f over 50 years. He's he's still scoobing to this day. Isn't that I love nice? It. I love the idea though of a film that's about his life, and it's like one of those like Clint Eastwood like one last job films where like they're begging right. Frank Welker, but he's like <laughs> it's actually like it kills him to do it, and it's like oh, I just really can't do like he's like row row, and then like in between takes like uh, uh, like hopping blood into a napkin, and you're like yeah we're gonna have to do that again Frank, and he's like yeah, and his like wife's so wrestler him, like, <laughs> <laughs> Frank please not another scoop movie. <laughs> One more scoop. One more scoop. One more scoop. He's like a lead. Like I, I love like all the stories about like legacy uh, voiceover actors because now only celebrities do voiceover because it's easy money. So you don't really yeah. have those same like legacy. Like that's what they do. Tom Kenny, Kenny types. 
And Frank Welker is like one of them. He was like, he was Garfield on the Garfield show. He is Nibbler on Futurama. He was Megatron on Transformers. He was Curious George. Like he's like those those old school. Okay, Franklin. it's it's impressive, yeah. It's yeah. impressive. Frank Franklin, well, it's, yeah. It's definitely Wendell. like you just used to be a thing where like that was truly a trade of like voice acting for animation and things like that back it's then. It's a dying art, yeah. I feel yeah. like there's like only a few. I mean, Tom Kenny is obviously like the the leading guy, and then there's um, who voiced Tommy Pickles, Tara Tara Strong. That's a big one, and then kind of Patrick Warburton. Like, there's there's not a lot of people left who. All the voice exactly. actors worth their salt are in video yeah. games now. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, that's kind of like where I, it's migrated. It was like two years ago or something. They actually all went on strike because they weren't being treated, pro- like weren't allowed like proper amount of breaks after, uh, you know, two hours of screaming over and over again, <laughs> like for some brutal. Call of Duty thing. <laughs> God damn. Right, and then it's like, yeah, and then if they can get Chris Pratt to show up for three hours and just like mumble two takes of each line, he makes a million dollars. It's yeah. just silly. Yeah, the, uh, interesting point. I just want to lightly flex. My cousin's maternal great-grandmother, Penny Singleton, was the voice of Jane Jetson back in the Whoa. day. And she was badass, though, too. She was also like a labor leader for like women that were in variety shows, like was testifying in front of the Senate, like in the 60s about like the treatment of like yeah. women on like these shows. Penny but yeah, like Singleton. Yeah. Penny Singleton. Check that her out. Rocks. There, the, la- the last thing I'll say about sorry. Sorry for backtracking and going back to Scoop. Welcome uh, to Scoop Talk. <laughs> the, IMD- the IMDB page does say that this is this is the planned first installment in a Scooby-Doo cinematic universe. Hell mm. yes. So okay, I like that. So yeah, With that's like a why weird dog eugenics theme. Where it's I know, like, I was like, is DNA that why they're superior. introducing all this ridiculous <laughs> like dog DNA hell eugenic right. chosen one history? Well, I don't know. Does it mean that they're going to do like, um, like wacky races? And like uh, all those old other like Hanna Barbera, or is it just straight up Scooby universe? I I mean I like I don't know Hanna Barbera stuff. I feel like is very hard to reboot because if you rewatch a lot of it now, a lot of it was not very good. I de- I defy you to watch an old episode of the Flintstones and laugh even one time. It's mostly domestic abuse jokes. Uh, but oh, there- <laughs> is it really? <laughs> but there's oh, unfunny the stuff. I will I will argue and I've tried cuz I like I love animation I work in animation The Flintstones is like borderline unwatchable it is deeply unfunny like it's Holy shit yeah. I just remember even as a kid I was like dude this shit is whack like it's I couldn't boring. even get into it as a kid it's without even knowing what time. the fuck was going on But anyways I, I didn't even know about Wacky Races until you just said that. I was, I was uh, very confused. I used to watch Wacky, wacky races? races a lot. I used to love that, yeah. I used to have like the cars no. and stuff. And it would, like all the, it would be like all the Hanna-Barbera properties, like Augie Doggy and Doggy Daddy and uh, mm-hmm. Captain they Caveman. Was Grape Ape like one that. of the... Was Grape Ape one of the characters? Sure. Yeah, so they... Did they have they Maybe. had like Droopy, they had the Jetsons, they had the they had they had a lot of good shit. They had the Smurfs, the I think. Is that wrong? That could be wrong. I just know I remember somebody I had to have had them. Yeah. <laughs> um well Steven, 
It's been a pleasure having you. Oh. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me at Wilbur with an E. Uh, Wilbur with an E. Spelled like that with the E. Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> don't think about it. Don't follow me. Don't <laughs> Don't worry <laughs> about it. It's fine. I have an album coming out uh, on May 26th. It's called 16 Bits. You can pre-order it on iTunes and Amazon uh, right now or just wait till it's on Spotify. You should follow him. Steven's one of the funniest people out there. Uh, Steven, where, uh, is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, actually, uh, something I want to bring up. So maybe Zite, Zite Nation can help me out with this. I, well, there's a, there's an account, uh, it used to be called Jeff's Wife. And I've been following it for years. And it's this woman from Montana who just talks about her husband uh, and it's very funny, and I, for the life of me, could not tell the diff like, if it is a sincere account or not. And I tried contacting them uh, about it. I thought it might be a comedian friend who's, like, doing this account, but, because it's so, it's so good. Recently, in December, she changed it to Jeff's ex-wife and became, like, Jeff. It said Jeff and I are getting divorced and it's Jeff's ex-wife now. And it's just been a lot of like really sincere, like the type of stuff a mom would pose. Like, here's what's going on in Missoula and stuff. And that <laughs> is a whole other wrinkle. So if somebody can get back at me and tell me if Jeff's wife is real or not, I just, I need to know. God damn. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, where can people find you and follow you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? You can follow me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help, Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. Uh, what do we we've got? Uh, we're doing on the Bechtel cast this week. We are doing uh, Birds of Prey with Emily Yoshida. It's a really fun episode. Highly recommend. And tweet I've been that is directly related to what we were just talking to uh, about is my friend Nick Sorelli at Nick Sorelli tweeted just yesterday in the 1960s people in their 30s and 40s would get home from work and watch the flintstones which is just <laughs> <laughs> something to think about watch uh, back old flintstones clips and you'll be like boomers are wild they're <laughs> or boomers parents whatever yeah the greatest generation <laughs> the greatest generation r.i.p <laughs> Yeah, the Flintstones advertised cigarettes like that's who they were. They were for grownups. It was. I'll, like, I'll still, I'll still, uh, I'll still stump for the for the vitamins, but I can't. Oh yeah, the we are yeah, Flintstones are kids. And I want to rewatch the John Goodman movie. And growing. <laughs> yeah, I bet the Goodman. I mean, it's not a bad concept. It's just that no, they were like, you know, what would be is... funny is if this was a riff on. Other boring sitcoms. Oh yeah, it was yeah. the honeymooners in prehistory, yeah. and those aren't yeah. those don't really hold up either. So yeah, it's not a Flintstone specific problem, but it's just funny because they let's endured. take that group and go further back. In time. <laughs> <laughs> even uh, more things weren't okay. <laughs> let's regress even more. You're like these archaic things. Let's put them in the stone. Literally age. archaic <laughs> values. <laughs> I still like the like visual gags of like toilet dinosaur being like, "Don't shit oh, in my mouth." Yeah. Like those jokes. Are still <laughs> Please don't shit in my mouth. Living. 
Uh, Miles, where can people find you and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, PlayStation Network, Miles of Grey. Also, my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, talking about 90 Day Fiance, if you like that reality stuff. Uh, some tweets I like. First one's from H. John Benjamin. Uh, it says, with public restrooms a major problem during coronavirus, there is going to be a huge uptick in shitting on the side of the road. Um, <laughs> I guess that's, he's predicting that for himself. Uh, and then this one is from No Controller. It's a Gadsden flag and the snake underneath. It just says, let me die at Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Jake rejected sacrifice tweeted if you see a horse that's symbolism baby better find out what that horse means before it's too late and <laughs> uh, anime police tweeted fool me once thanks fool me twice cool I love it thanks uh, and then Ben Rosen <laughs> tweeted <laughs> ben Rosen tweeted zoom needs a button that plays rap it up music like at the Oscars Agreed. Uh-huh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, uh-huh. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what is it going to be today? This is a track from an artist called Clark, um, and the song is called Ted but the remix is by Bibio. Okay? And that's all you need to know. Uh, this is Clark with Ted, the Bibio remix. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's just a great it's just a great uh track. It's like, you know, it's it's electronic, but it's very uh rooted in like this nice acoustic guitar picking. Uh, and mm. for all the listeners, all the Zeitgang that's been hopping on Red Dead, uh coming to my rescue in the wilds of of West Elizabeth and Armadillo. Thank you so much. And so this just has me thinking of that. Yeah. I was literally in the game. I was like by other players who I did not know dragged me off my horse. I sent the flare out for Zeitgang and people jumped into the session and came to my my rescue. So uh, thank you so much. That's what Unity is about. Uh, well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this Wednesday morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. 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 Bye.